This morning, I'm going to talk about a few things, but the meat of the message will be on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, A few weeks ago, I had the honor of speaking at youth group. Um, Thank you, Joey and Molly. Um, But it it was a real pleasure to be there with everybody, and the youth team does an incredible job. Uh, serving the young people of this church and pushing them to hear God's voice and to be open to what he's doing and saying yes to him, responding to him. Um, And so I spoke that night on consolation and comfort, whether we provide it or God provides it. And so ever since then, it's like God's just connecting dots in my mind, in my heart, about when he provides comfort when he provides help versus when I try to provide it myself. And it's a very sobering experience, let me tell you. Like, I usually just try to do it myself. All right, so I'm going to go quick overview of a story that most of us have experienced and lived ourselves, or at least we've heard about. It's the story of us trying to do things our own way. It's the story of us failing at caring for other people, failing at caring for ourselves, um, failing at controlling our emotions, uh, failing at controlling our actions. It's a story about our addictions, uh, failing to control our circumstances. And then God reveals himself to us. He gives us a chance to let go of this broken life we've built and offers to exchange it for his life, through Jesus. It's a new opportunity of forgiveness, salvation, freedom. But not only that, we can have his spirit with us all the time, reminding us of who we are in him, of what he's promised, encouraging us to see his faithfulness, filling us with hope when we're in despair, prompting us to remember his words when we forget them. He's inviting us into his mission, filling us with his purpose and his power. And we lived happily ever after. And our response has always been faith, hope, and love filled since then. That's the story. All right. (laughs) Sounds good to me, but there's a disconnect somewhere. (laughs) I didn't make it to that part. Um... But I believe that his spirit is reminding us that there's more of him available. We've all gotten to the end of ourselves. Maybe we haven't all turned to him. Maybe we haven't all said yes to him or made more room for him. But we've all experienced our own shortcomings. We've all realized how we've tried to fill voids and make ourselves okay, and it hasn't worked. So with the Holy Spirit, I feel like there's, there's like a baseline thing we should say, a scripture we should read, which is what Jesus promises. Um, so this is in John. And Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
And then also in John, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. And depending on the translation of Bible you have, it could say helper, could say comforter, counselor, advocate. There are different words in there that are all describing characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Um, one thing to point out is in that first reference, it starts with, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we have a part to play in obedience. Uh, Josh Johnson is here this morning. Hi, Josh, Sarah Rose, um, Jamie and Kathy's oldest. And he used to say when he was a kid that, and remember Pete was talking, oh wait, who was talking about faith-like response this morning? Oh, Judy in the prayer room. She was talking about responding with childlike faith. And he used to say, we do our little part, and God does his big part. And so there's truth in that, in that we still have a role in this. We have to respond to what God's saying to us. We have to either submit to what he's saying, or we reject it. And there's two different outcomes that happen. Uh, I try to be really careful in judging other people, especially like the intent of people's hearts and things like that. Um, I definitely am not perfect in that. Uh, also try to be careful in judging outcomes in my own life um, because I feel like the enemy has a lot of room when we try to understand everything completely. And so there is something though that I feel like we could judge and we can use as an indicator of what's going on on the inside. Um, I'm gonna read another passage, and it's pretty long, so you're gonna have to hang with me. And I promised Linda I would read slowly because she's interpreting for people this morning. And also because, you know me, I don't have a lot of content, so I gotta stretch this out. <laughs> All right, this is Galatians 5. 16 through 26. It's like a tale of two cities. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 
So it's the spirit or it's the flesh. And that's a very clear description of the fruit of each of those. So you see the fruit of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So it doesn't take a genius to look inside and be like, what am I seeing? What's in there? It's very clear, if we're honest. Um, so what I want to do is I'm not going to go through all those, the fruit of the flesh, <laughs> the, the not-to-do list, but I'm going to go through the fruit of the Spirit. And that's the should-be list. This is what we should be doing. This is, uh, this is what we should have in us if we have his Holy Spirit. All right. So we're going to start with love. And you've heard the word love before. And this is agape love um, in this verse. And I'll go through some definitions and also some connotation um, to those definitions and maybe some examples, depending. We have a lot of different words to go through. But starting with agape, we have affection, benevolence, selfless love. And it's what God prefers. Was that a thumbs up to me? <laughs> okay. Um, so we find examples of this in how God loves us, how Christ loves us, how God loves Christ and how we're called to love God and to love each other. Um, in Romans 8, 35 through 39, we have this passage that talks about his love and how relentless, as Roger has been saying, his love is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written... For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love is after us. And those are a lot of examples. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, I don't know, danger, sword, death, life, that doesn't separate us. Angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, nothing else in creation. He's after us. That's the agape love. It doesn't give up. It doesn't let something grow between. It doesn't, he doesn't stop. And then in Romans 5, verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So when we were still enemies of the cross, because we were opposed, we were living out of the flesh, our fruit was born out of our flesh, 
and we were not repentant, Christ died for us. So it's a preemptive love that doesn't care if you're against it. It's still there. It doesn't change. And then one more, so that Christ may dwell. This is Ephesians 3. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the love he has for us. It's so big and so full. It's so relentless. And he offers it to us. All right, and then how we're to love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Remember that one? Jesus was answering the scribe. That's the greatest commandment. And the second, and this is how we're to love each other, love your neighbor as yourself. Agape is used both of those instances. No other commandment is greater than these, Jesus says. So we're not called to live small lives, just taking care of ourselves loving the people who love us, treating people however they treat us. He's offering us something different to be part of his adventure, caring for people beyond ourselves, loving without regard for our own benefit. And next we have joy. This one's, joy's fun because it's like happy, exciting. So there's gladness, there's delight, and there's a connotation of a source of joy. So something is producing that joy. We think of like celebrations, um, new life, maybe somebody being healed. Um, the discovery of hope in hard situations, that's a joy. Um, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So there's joy in that. There is um, the realization and the recognition that he's with us even when things are really hard, even when it doesn't look good. There's joy in that. And we're not called to live lives of depression, sadness, despair. He's offering us joy when things are hard to still find him. Next up is peace. I really like this one. So a couple of definitions. Uh, one, so like a oneness, quietness, rest. A lot of times we think of peace as like not in wartime. Um, we think of it as like harmony in relationships where we might be at a family gathering or work and people are getting along. And so there's peace. Um, in Hebrew, what is peace, Bill? Shalom. It has a connotation of completeness, prosperity, and welfare. Um, the Jews would use it as a greeting, shalom, for coming or going. Um, also in the Greek, in its root word is to join, to tie together into a whole, like when essential parts are all joined together into one thing. And as Roger was saying this morning, we're not called to lives of anxiety and fear and worry to be tossed to and fro by our circumstances. But he's called us to a life of peace, love, power, and a sound mind. He's offering us wholeness 
and to be one with him. All right, next up is patience. Who's good at this one? All right, just laughing, huh? All right, patience is long-suffering, forbearance, endurance, steadfastness, perseverance. Listen to this one. Waiting sufficient time before expressing anger. (laughs) Does he do that with us? Yes. Do we do it with each other? (laughs) Ourselves even? Probably not very well. Have you ever known someone who was short-tempered? So this is like the opposite of short-tempered. I guess it would be like long-tempered. Right? <laughs> Curtis is enjoying this. At least I'm not using the Greek pronunciation, Curtis. I'm saving us all. <laughs> all right. So he, he hasn't called us to a life of anger, of bitterness, of road rage, of being swayed in our emotional state. He offers us to keep our eyes on him, to be in step with his spirit, and to respond to him. Uh, yeah, patience is one of those like, oh, kids have helped me see my lack of patience. Uh, I don't know what it is. It, it's definitely that I'm not, I'm not receiving as much of his spirit as I can be. Um, in all the shortcomings and all these things we're talking about, we've done joy, peace, patience, um, and love. There's just so much more. There's so much more. When we look at that and we compare what we actually have coming out of our hearts on a daily basis versus what the fruit of his spirit is. All right, we're going to keep going. Okay, we, can't get, we can't get sad. We have to have joy. We're going to keep going. Kindness. All right, so kindness is goodness, excellence, uprightness, refers to meeting real needs in God's way and timing, and it avoids human harshness. That's very interesting. Um, Kindness is part of hesed, and that's why we read in Romans that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, because either we find the way to repentance or it's judgment, And those are the options. But his kindness is what leads us there. He meets real needs. And he hasn't given us a job to be judge and jury over other people. But he offers us to be part of his spirit, what he's doing, and extend kindness towards people that will help them find that way to repentance instead of judgment. Next is goodness. Inherently good, especially as a unique quality and condition. Intrinsic goodness, especially as a personal quality, with stress on the kindly rather than the righteous. Uh, We, of course, cannot be good on our own. And um, Jesus didn't trust himself to men because we're not inherently good. But his spirit in us can lead to that being a trait in our lives. That can lead, leave a mark of his presence with us that is good because he's involved. Um, Next is faithfulness. So faithfulness, we have faith, belief, trust, confidence, fidelity. I'll do Greek here, Curtis. 
pistis. Is that right? All right. Uh, with the root having to do with being persuaded and coming to trust. So Romans 14.23 tells us that everything that's not from faith is sin. And then also Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Being full of faith is fruit of the Spirit, Him and us. He's not called us to a life that's chained to doubt. We're not slaves to our own faithlessness. He offers us freedom to believe Him and follow Him into the fullness of what He created us for. But it takes faith for that. We have to believe Him, that He's good, and He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. Next is gentleness. Should have everybody point to whoever represents this the best around you. Uh, we'll do that later. Gentleness, mildness implies humility, consideration, meekness, but of divine origin. So when I was writing out this definition, I was reminded of Louis. Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. So apparently in jiu-jitsu, the instructor is not sensei. They're called professor. And the gym is not a dojo. It's called an academy. I didn't know any of this. Um, and so Louie's been doing this for a couple months. And what they'll do is the class will start, the instructors, the professor and the other instructors, will show the kids a couple of techniques. And it would be like, all right, if this happens, someone attacks you, whatever, you do this, you do this. And it's a lot of technique involved. And then after that, they'll do some sparring. So they'll train against the instructors and against the other students. Um, and when I was writing out this definition of gentleness, the head instructor, which is the professor, came to mind. Because he will train with these kids. I think, I don't know, well, he's probably like, early 50s, but he's black belt and been doing this since he was like 10 and very good. But he'll always engage them on their level, whatever level they are. And he'll reward them for good technique. So if they're trying to like throw him off of them and they're using the right technique, you know, he'll embellish the move and like fly off and make them feel like they did something, which is cool teaching. But if they're not using good technique, He'll just give them a little while to figure it out. And if they don't, he'll do some explosive move that just like leaves them stunned and kind of like scared. Like, I don't know what to do. But it's very controlled. It's very powerful, but it's very controlled. So this is a picture I get of gentleness. It's like immense power that's under complete control and exercised to move a person into a better position. It's very forceful, yet it's acting in the best interest of the other person. Sorry, I thought that was cool, guys. Come on. You're like, yeah. You're imagining this professor. If Louie was out here, I'd have him show you a move. Come on up here, Curtis. <laughs> Curtis is like the ultimate professor. He doesn't actually have to move. He's <laughs> just in his mind. <laughs> Uh, okay. Also, Paul in Galatians talks about when one person is caught in sin, those who are spiritual 
should restore him gently. He mentions those who are spiritual because we can't be gentle without the spirit. He has the power and the control. Um, Control brings us to self-control. So that's the last one here. Mastery or self-mastery. Temperance, the quality of moderation or self-restraint. Proceeding out from oneself, but not by oneself. He hasn't called us to fulfill all of our fleshly and emotional desires. He's called us to a life of submission, of picking up our cross daily and following him. We're not supposed to make ourselves as comfortable as possible. And it doesn't work out. But all these things are the antithesis of what we talked about earlier in being led by our flesh. These fruit of the Spirit. These are what we should be known for. This is what we should be operating in. But none of these things can we produce in ourselves. This is all up to him. This is his big part. Our little part is saying yes to him. This is the Spirit's fruit. It's the marking of a life lived with him and the result of submission and his spirit having room to direct, to shape, to form, to build us, to make us new creations. So that's our question today. What's happening on the inside? When we take inventory of what's going on in our hearts, do we have the fruit of his spirit at work? Or is there a graveyard of us trying to comfort ourselves and make life as easy as possible, survive on our own strength? I know for me, probably most of us, it's a mixed bag. (laughs) We have good moments, we have bad moments. Um, My real sense in this season is that God is offering us more of his spirit. So while the waiting might be not, not currently look so good on how quickly we get angry, on how much we try to comfort ourselves, on how we're sad instead of finding his joy, how we can be faithless instead of full of faith, he's offering us more. The word from Roger this morning, it's a word of freedom that We don't have to live in fear. And that fear is not actually helping us. And all these things, the fruit of the flesh, they're not helping us. But he's offering us more freedom. He's offering us a chance to say yes to what his Holy Spirit is doing today. To coming more into our hearts for us to make room for him in our lives so that we don't have to have these good moments and bad moments. I mean, we're not going to be perfect. We know that. But there's more. We don't settle. We don't have to live lives where we're like, all right, that's good enough. And then we just sit back. Because the fruit of that is still judgment and death. We're either going towards him or we're not. So my prayer for us this morning, and the worship team will come back up. 
is that we would make room for him and that our response as a community of believers would be to say yes to him. Because it's important that all of us say yes and not just a couple of us because there's something that's provided by each person and we don't get that if we're not all saying yes and we don't get the wrestling out of life in the spirit unless we're all saying yes. What happens is somebody else is gonna try to fill that spot, but that's your spot. You say yes to him, and then we see the fruit of the spirit in your lives, and it spurs us on, each of us. So let's pray. God, we, we repent for sometimes taking it lightly that you would offer to send us the helper. That you would offer to send your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, to live with us, to be in us. Lord, help us this morning. We need you. We need your grace to be able to say yes to you. For the desires of our heart to match up with what you have for us. We want to be a people of your purpose. In the only way we have lives that are significant is if we're part of something bigger than ourselves, what you're doing. I pray this morning that you would help us to say yes to you. I pray that you would speak to everyone here that we would hear you in our hearts, that we would sense the prompting of your Holy Spirit. Pray that you would fill us with hunger and thirst. Because you say you'll fill us. Lord, we're aware of your goodness towards us, your faithfulness. I pray that we would see your love. We would see your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We would see that fruit in our lives. And I pray we wouldn't even have to be concerned with the enemy because we are so captured by you and what you're doing in our hearts that our focus is singular on you. And I pray that you would help us not, I pray you would help us to just be tired of trying to do things on our own, to try to comfort ourselves, make ourselves feel better, to feel okay because we're not okay without you. Pray that your spirit would lead us into all truth this morning. Give us eyes to see beyond this physical. Help us to see the spiritual. All right. We're going to sing a song 
and then there will be some leaders up here. If you want prayer this morning, if you want to sing right now, you can sing. If you want to sit in your chair and pray, if you want to talk to him, uh, he, his presence is here to help us. And so the best thing we can do is to encounter that presence fully and to respond to him. He's going to bring up things that maybe people you need to talk to or things that maybe you need to forgive that other people have done or things where you, maybe you need to ask forgiveness or you've done something to someone else. He's going to bring up decisions that you have in front of you where he's prompting you one way or the other and you have the chance to respond to him and say yes. He's going to bring up strongholds that where you've been living a life that's less than what he's offering you. Like Roger said, he's going to bring up fear. He's going to bring up things like that that aren't actually who he's called us to be, that are actually chains for us. And he's going to offer freedom, and we can respond to that. So if you want prayer, you can come up. A few of the leaders will be up here to pray. Um, And then we'll dismiss right after that. All right, we're going to dismiss. Please be mindful of those still being prayed for. Um, If you want a fellowship in the foyer, that's great. Um, I will say, let's be really honest (laughs) about where we are. We're not performing for anyone. The... God's really giving us an opportunity together as a community of faith to walk together in step with his spirit. And looking in and seeing that, wow, there's a lot more room that he, he could occupy in my heart is good. It's healthy. It's seeing things the way they are. Uh, no one here is going to be benefited by us performing or by us saying we're okay and we're not okay. Um, But this week, as the Holy Spirit brings things up, say yes to him. Try this. We, We have to do this together. We're all in this together. That's the way it works. When I get up here and speak, I... This is not what I like to do, but I do it in obedience, and I sense God is is just offering us so much, and so I don't don't want to be flippant with it, and I don't want to underemphasize His goodness and His pursuit of us and His invitation. So as you go this week, be mindful, be open, be looking. He's good, and he has good things for all of us. Amen.